Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Hello, people of the world. I am Rebecca Nichols. Welcome to my podcast show, Finding Nirvana. For me, personally, Finding Nirvana was more about unlearning and becoming who I was destined to be. It's about releasing the shackles and stepping into uncertainty, but with surety that everything is going to plan. The divine plan. It's about releasing fear and vibing high with love. It's about living your truth and being really fucking unapologetic, babe. It's about forgiveness, deep connection, mindfulness, meditation, and hacking your own health and well-being. This is your life, your journey. And on this show, I'm here to support you through sharing and shedding some light. I'm here to empower you to be the highest version of yourself. So stay tuned, subscribe, and tell your friends, because we are going on a journey. And it is a journey, guys, and I'm super excited um, to be here today with my guest, Jerome. So I've been following Jerome on Instagram for a while, and I just really loved his vibe. I totally just kind of got where he was coming from and really admired all the work that he's doing in the world, especially around um the things that we need to know about how to heal our bodies about how to embrace the divine and the masculine and how to more balance those energies and really how to connect back to our souls so i'll introduce jerome and jerome will tell you a little bit about himself and how he got on this journey today welcome jerome thank you so much i'm excited and honored to be here Great. Well, I'm so excited to have you here and so talk about these really important issues. I feel that um, the world needs to hear more of these truths. And personally, you know, you do the work I do. People need healing, right? Indeed. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about, you know, where you came from, how you got here, because I know it's a bit of a wounded healer journey. And Mm-hmm. like very similar um, more people need to hear this as well so yeah, yeah share um, my journey <laughs> into the being that I am today and the work I and the message work and message I offer the world today and it started on January 1st of 2004 when I had checked into the hospital Um, with what I thought was the flu and was hoping to just get some medicine from the emergency room and go home, but ended up instead uh, being diagnosed with several life-threatening illnesses and two uh, life-ending diseases, which were at the time AIDS and kidney failure. And the doctors told me um, (laughs) on that day that I checked into the hospital that, that everything looked like it had progressed to a point where they weren't going to be able to help me anymore. 
uh, and that I had about seven days to live. So wow. on my deathbed, I kind of had a, um, a kind of a life review where I looked at my life and really kind of asked some questions of, of um, had I been happy with my life? Had I really been my authentic self in my life? Um, had I really done with my life what I really wanted to do with it? And as I began to ask myself these questions and, and really review my life, I realized that um, the answer to all of that was no. And while I had been on a spiritual path for a while at that time, so I wasn't afraid, like the, the idea of dying was not actually scary to me. Um, but the idea and the recognition the recognition that I was getting ready to die with this realization that I wasn't happy. I hadn't lived my authentic life. I hadn't really deposited into the world what I really wanted to do. I realized in that moment, like I was getting ready to die, not having really fully lived. And mm. I didn't want to die like that. So although I wasn't scared of dying, because I believed, you know, I was a soul and that I was going to return to the dimension of, of source. But I, I was horrified of the fact that I was given this one chance to be Jerome and to live Jerome really well. And I didn't do it. And so I made mm. a decision that um, I wasn't going to die, that I wanted to live so that I could so that I could live Jerome well. I could be in the yeah. Jerome well. And yeah. So I threw everything I knew at that time about the law of attraction. I had been a student of metaphysics and the law of attraction for a few years. I was 24 at the time, but probably for about five years, I was, I was in that kind of understanding and had been using that understanding to, you know, get five, $5 to eat when I was broke or to get a parking space in front of the mall when I was running late for the movies or something like that. Mm. But now it was like, okay, if it's really true that I'm this soul, it's and a I different level, God, yeah, yeah, then yeah. it's time to really create a miracle for myself, <laughs> right. and I need to do it within these seven days. Uh, and oh, so wow. I threw everything, the whole book, at that situation, and within uh, three months' time, I had fully healed my body and fully recovered it. But and I thought at that time, oh, I know how to, I know what it takes. I got it. Like I know what it takes to be. To, to, to create our realities, I, I got it, you know, snap, crackle, pop. I know what, what the spirituality thing is all about. And I know how to be and live Jerome really well. And I really thought that until I found myself back in that same hospital a year and a half later okay. with the exact diagnosis to like literally to the T cell count. Um, and instead of seven days to live that time, this time the doctors gave me 48 hours. Oh, crazy. And yeah, and I knew then um, on my deathbed this time, instead of having a, a kind of life review, I had, a, I had two questions. One, I knew that if I had gotten this, um, this rare combination of illnesses and diseases again to the T, that this wasn't, this wasn't random, this wasn't just a fluke, that this was a message, that yeah. my soul was trying to send me a message through the health state of my body. And so I wanted to know what that message was. I wanted to listen. I wanted to really hear. I wanted to, to stop being distracted and stop running away. And I was going to be here. And I wanted to know what the message my soul had for me was. And the second thing I wanted to know was I really wanted to know how to be and live Jerome well. Not um, just to 
to fix and survive. I wanted to know what, what it took to help Jerome thrive. And so I placed those questions to the universe as a whole, like to my soul and to the universe. I, I, I just really said, speak to me. I'm, 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 I'm ready now to listen. And it was in that point, right after I said those words out aloud, that I had what many people would call a near-death experience, where mm. um, I had an experience of the other side, and I had a direct conversation with Source, or what some people will call God. Yeah. Um, in that space, though, it felt just like me, but it felt like the non-neurotic. That's like, like the really, higher self. It yeah. could be like you having a conversation with your higher self, which it is was very much that. Anyway, right? Yeah. It was very much. It was very much me knowing that what we sense as source and God was me. It was. Mm. It was a other experience of me. And I had a conversation, and, and I was told basically two things in this conversation. Uh, one was that. I knew a lot about making things happen, forcing them, struggling them, pushing them, basically trying to make life be good to me. I had learned a lot about that. Um, But I didn't know shit about, and it did say shit. (laughs) I don't know shit about letting life be good to Mm -hmm. me. Just, and that it wanted to, that the basis of life wants to be good to me all the time. And I have to allow it. I didn't know anything about that but I was going to learn and that the learning was going to require me to come back home to myself through the path of self-love. And that that was also the key that coming back home to myself through the path of self-love was also the key to healing my body and experiencing lasting and true well-being. And Mm. after I got that message, um, I came out of the near-death experience and I had a very big awareness. I had like, okay, this was my big aha moment. Am I going to take the path of letting life be good to be and loving myself into well-being or am I not? And I knew that if I did not, if I said no to this, then I was going to have to agree to die. Um, and I didn't want to die. So I made a decision that I was going to learn everything I needed to know about the path of coming back home to love myself and letting life be good to me. And that started this whole journey. Like I didn't, it started the multi-year journey, a very mystical, miraculous multi-year journey where I learned really how to transform and heal uh, my entire being, my entire life, every aspect of it um, through loving myself and what that actually meant and what that actually takes. And, um, and really looking at the places in my life where I had not, and basically yeah. all of my life where I had not, and had not, and had been holding shame and fear, and where yeah. I had been taught not, you know, I didn't learn how to be really good to myself, what that really means, and what the self yeah. is, by the way. You know, there's two aspects yeah. to ourselves. The, the biological aspect of our being, which is the physical flesh and blood part that we see and we touch and you know, that looks like this, you know, 40 year old African-American, you know, man, (laughs) but there's, and that's a part of my being, but the biggest part of my being is the energy piece. It's that, it's that piece. And that piece Mm -hmm. needs to be cared for just like my biological, it has needs just like my biological part of my being has needs. 
And I was not taught about that part, really. Even in all of my, even in all of my um, no, no. spiritual growth and all of my spiritual teachings, I no. kind of understood a little bit about energy, but not really what it is. But not and how, deep, not, yeah, not, deep not really, fully, yeah. And how to nourish it and really feed it. Daily. Everything is energy. Everything is energy. And so that was, um, you know, my journey was a deep dive. It was really a master class in understanding <laughs> who I am as a, as, a, as, a, as a spiritual being having a human experience and how mm. the path of myself heals, transforms, and manifests everything. Yeah, so powerful. Thank you for sharing that. And I just wanted to ask, because... Obviously, it's a very similar journey to me, and we had a little conversation before we came on here, um, just around the shame and the guilt and the fear and everything. Is there anything that you actually did physically? I know I actually did physical things as well as do the spiritual practice. Like, I knew I had to nurture my body again. Like, uh, part of my healing protocol was to do handmade practices, handmade food practices, because I just neglected even nourishing my body and in that way. I was eating out or I was taking out or I was just shoving food in my mouth. So really and truly poor nutrition was a massive part of it because, you know, I was just not being having that awareness in myself where I have to sit and eat and chew my food and actually take pleasure in eating. That just got kind of like wiped out for me for a while because I was um, so focused on work and doing and moving and making that like all these really slow practices that are really kind of keeping us in the now, like sitting down and to really enjoy your meal, right? Which mm-hmm. is really important, I believe now more than anything, and which I really advocate for is that we just nurture and nourish our body the way the, be- the best way we can. And so that was a massive part of me. Was there anything that you did physically, or was it just kind of like, are you just totally believe in spirit that you could heal your body, or was there things that you actually? consciously did to try and realign yourself well i mean there were there were a lot of things that i did to um so again the message for me was to come back home and what i mean by that is to what i learned coming back home and what home is is the embodiment of the feeling of worthiness and the frequency of love and the frequency of love, yeah. those are actually, that's our natural state of being. It's our yeah. feeling good about ourselves, feeling like we're yeah. enough, there's nothing wrong with us, that we're lovable um, unconditionally. And then um, the frequency of love, which is, a, which is a multifaceted frequency. It's not just one thing. It's kind of the combination of ease, love, yeah. um, and worthiness. Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry, ease, worthiness, and joy. Um, that's yeah. the combination of those things. So yeah. there were physical things that I had to do that helped me yeah. both embody my worthiness and the frequency yeah. of love. Yeah. Um, one of the things was to really listen to my body around what it needed. So again, there's yeah. two aspects of us, right? So there's the biological yeah. piece, there's the energy piece. The energy piece has needs. The biological body has needs. Your, your totally. body in order for it to be well it has to have good air it's got to have water it's got to eat yeah what yeah. my body needed to eat versus what mm. what the what the well wellness experts or the nutritious experts were saying to really listen to what my body the wisdom of my own body needed yeah. for its wellness totally. um, yeah. was something that Same. i did 
And so f- yeah. for me, that looks like, you know, most of my, most of my diet is, is primarily plant-based, but it's not only plant-based. Yep. Like sometimes my body will ask for something else. Yeah. Sometimes it may totally. ask for sugar. Sometimes it may, and to, and to not have an external the message, guilt. right? The guilt based on the external narratives, which the authorities always say, oh, well, if you eat sugar, you're totally not going to be healthy. Oh, meat is totally not the spiritual or healthy thing to do. Yeah. But to listen to the wisdom of my body and to give it that. And then also to really understand if it's saying, when it said, I need what works best for me is plant-based, then I need to do that. That means that yeah. I, I don't eat the nuggets and I don't do, yeah. you know, and it was, that was a learning curve to really listen and to, that I could trust the wisdom of my body over everything totally. else. And that I needed so to trust powerful. it. So if I didn't, if I didn't and dishonored it, that there were consequences to that too. So there was a part totally. of that, but, I, but, but the, those parts, like what I ate and what I drank was the smallest aspect of my healing journey. The I believe aspect, so too. Yeah. yeah. The biggest aspect was releasing shame and yeah. it was living a life that really made, really nourished my energy, which is basically lived a life full of joy, full of love. And that (laughs) was what made me feel relaxed, which is where I was, I was not doing that before. I was really not living a life. No. I felt truly happy. Um, I was not living a life where I felt love consistently. And I, I was living a life which most Americans, especially American men, Um, live is a life full of stress, full of trying to push the way to success. Especially masculine, yeah. Yeah, especially, uh, and and burning out my nervous system to make Mm. money or to get accolades Mm. or to get a Totally. That resonates. To really take care of my nervous system, right? And not just to to be at ease, but to be happy, to be tuned in and turned on in my life. That was the biggest part of my healing journey, way more than what I was eating. And just because you know, just because you mentioned the nervous system, and just because I'm actually studying nutrition at the moment, and I've been researching HIV since I got my diagnosis, right? And because I wanted to understand it on every level, on, on what the doctors were saying it is, on what the spiritual community said it was, what my body was telling me it was, like just a big picture of it, because I never knew anything about it before I got my diagnosis. I didn't have a clue. Mm-hmm. But then I thought, okay, let me, and actually was funny enough because I didn't really search because I didn't want to start burning myself out even if ever I've got to find the answers, right? I've got to know. I, I knew I had to be in ease in order for my body to heal. So like you, I had to listen to what my body needed. It needed movement more than anything. I needed to sweat the virus out. I was really lethargic and tired all the time, but I knew I needed to get that energy moving in my solar plexus. I needed to create energy. I needed to feel powerful again. So I started getting into weightlifting again. And I, that was a passion of mine mm-hmm. before, you know, I lost myself in becoming a millionaire. I remember, I remember I actually went back to a point in my life before I became a millionaire, before my life sort of like went crazy and I, I, all these things started happening and I felt kind of out of control, but then felt needed to control and where it just then, and then those other things that happened. And we spoke about it before we came on here, but just kind of like, again, like you, a lot of shame, a lot of guilt, a lot of self-hatred are not letting any of that sweetness of life. Because mm-hmm. when you think about when you feel joy and grace and ease, life is sweet, right? 
And I didn't feel like that at all. I wanted that. I was pushing to get that, but I wasn't letting that in. Um, I wasn't being in my now. I wasn't being present. But like, it's just because you said about the nervous system. I think that's a really, very valid point because um, there's things that I took to calm my nervous systems that I knew I could get a good night's sleep. So insomnia was really bad for me, right? Like even before my diagnosis, afterwards, I had trouble, night sweats, even on the medication, even on the antivirals, I still had these problems because I knew on a, on a, on a not even a physical level, on a spiritual level, you know, I, I wasn't really where I needed to be. I wasn't at ease. And when you're not at ease, yes, your nervous system is, it, HIV affects your nervous system massively. So there's a huge connection in that. And so when we feel relaxed, our parasympathetic system, it's like when you go into sleep, deep sleep, where your body rests and rejuvenates and cells are doing what they're supposed to do. Like, you know, our body is very intelligent. It knows how to, to fight things off, right? But if you don't get into that state where your body is at ease, where you relax, where you know you're going to sleep at night and all is well, right? <laughs> then your body can't do the healing. So for me, it didn't, yeah, like I said, it didn't matter what I was taking, what not I wasn't taking. I did take things to help me. I did, I have taken herbs and St. John's wort was one of them. Valerian was another, just because I'd looked at the research in HIV and, and in the spiritual community, not necessarily the medical community, but what spiritual people and, and alternative therapies were saying what to do and how to remove it. So I was like, okay, I need to take these things for my nervous system, but also I need to do the meditation, right? I need to do the breath work and I need to feel just like nothing matters and I can let it all go and I can be nothing and no one and I can just be pure consciousness. Consciousness doesn't worry about anything, you know, consciousness is okay, it's here, it's now, it's all good. And to get into that place, which I find that that is what, well, HIV or not HIV, but a lot of people with disease, right, that is the place they want to be in. And when a lot of people come to me and they say, I've got this, I've got this, and I'm scared of dying. So like you, I wasn't, I wasn't. So maybe that made the journey easier to heal. I don't know, you know? Yeah, it, it's, it's, you didn't have as much, you know, the, so again, the, the, what was told to me in my near-death experience was that our home frequency heals everything. And yeah. that's the frequency again of, of feeling worthy safe. and then feeling safe and feeling at ease and feeling happy and when yeah. we have fear and when we have stress and when we have shame um and when we're unhappy we are disconnected from our home frequency we are literally really if you think about if to, another word to th way to think about it is when you feel that way you literally disconnect your soul from your body and your body mm. is cre is created to house the energy of your soul and so when it doesn't have the energy of our soul inside of it, it can't stay well. And those mm. are, and that's what a lot of my journey was about, was how do I bring the frequency of my soul fully inside of my body? And that was mm. like you were saying, a lot of those things was look at all the places where I am constantly on edge and I am constantly stressed and where, you know, and heal the root cause of that, not just yeah. to meditate and, re and, and to meditate and relax for 15 minutes, because I have to take this frequency with me. Once I get off my meditation cushion, Absolutely. it's all great. 
when I'm at ease yeah. for 15 minutes in my living yeah. room on my meditation cushion. Yeah. But when I yeah. move outside of this house, can I still be in this vibration, this frequency of ease? Also, it's really great when I'm I'm laughing with a friend and I'm I'm feeling joy in that one minute, but is my life eliciting the frequency of joy for me? Or is it eliciting the frequency of sadness or depression or anger or frustration or unhappiness? And so I had to look at all the places in my life where I was disconnected from home, from my mm-hmm. soul. And how do I bring my soul fully back in to my body, the energy of it fully in my body? And that was, mm-hmm. again, looking at all the places where I didn't feel enough and I didn't feel worthy and really, yeah. really well, healing those. Is that you say like people? Would you say that's like being around certain people? Did you look? Did you would you say places you lay like certain situations you knew that you didn't feel good, or certain people you know you didn't feel good, or they didn't really vibe with you anymore? Did you do you mean it in that way, or is it just? I mean it more in um, my lifestyle, the way I am living my life and showing up in my life, and yes, that involved a little bit of you know the environment that I was surrounding myself with and the people I'm surrounding myself with. But to understand that I am surrounding myself with these people and I am in these environments because of me, not because of them. Mm. And so to look at, to understanding what's really important to me, what actually nourishes me, what Mm. actually makes me feel most alive, where am I not feeling good about myself so that I'm making these choices? Because the, the truth of the matter is in toxic and draining environments, the only reason why we're in those environments and we stay in those environments is because we believe something about us that's not true. So, you know, when I was with people who didn't really, um, I didn't really enjoy hanging around. Well, why was mm. I sticking? Why was I sticking with those people? Well, I wanted to be nice, or I didn't but, want to hurt. Because you, oh yeah, or you, oh yeah, yeah, exactly. Or you, you wanted know. to feel maybe some kind of form of validation, or you wanted to feel like you, right. know, you had it a social circle, right? Some type of belonging, but also I was, yeah. I was, I was willing to lose myself to belong. And why am I willing to do that? And belonging spaces where I didn't really belong, right? Because you don't, if if there's a space you're in, we're in, where you're not really able to be the full expression of yourself whether that's some aspect yeah. of your personality or your sexuality or your spirituality or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If there's something about yourself that's not able to be fully expressed and accepted there yes. and, and affirmed yeah. there, then you're, you're leaving yourself. And you're, you're, you, are le- you are not only leaving yourself, but you're denying yourself a, a form of nourishment that you need. And the only reason yeah. you would do that the only reason why you do that is because um, you don't feel fully enough. You don't feel yeah. you're afraid to either, you know, ex- be, you don't feel enough as you are. You don't think that you can fully live your truth and be loved. And so that aspect of you has to be healed as well. It's not just ending this relationship or moving out of this environment, because if you don't heal the part of you that doesn't believe you can fully live your truth and that your truth is enough, you're going to re-manifest situations like that. You're going to re-manifest mm. a, an entire experience again. It's just going to be different faces and different names. Yes. But it'll yeah, be the absolutely. same script. Oh, yeah. No, and so, I, 
I saw that pattern in my life. Like, even with the relationship, even with the guy that I had, he was the same as every other guy that I had. He mm. was just trying to manipulate me and control me and, and tell me what to do and tell me what to wear. If I looked a bit too sexy, it was, oh, you're too sexy and I don't want that in, in a woman or I don't want that in my woman. Like, he, he liked me that like that, but publicly, I couldn't be that. I had to be something different. So I couldn't fully express who I was. So in many ways, you know, I was suppressed. And that's what you see. If you, if you suppress yourself because you feel like I've got to fit in or I've got to please them and I can't be that or I might be a bit too much um, right. and I don't want to be a bit too much for them because I don't want to, like you said, I don't upset and offend anyone with my presence because, you know what, um, I never had a problem being that person. It's funny enough because when I went into the spiritual community, I thought I had to change. And that was also a big part of, you know, me actually being a coach and being so public with a lot of things and sharing that, you know, I started to get a lot of criticism here, there and everywhere. Oh, you can't be this and you can't be that. If you're a spiritual leader, then, oh, you can't be too sexy or you can't talk about this or, you know, it's all kind of like, I felt a bit weird. And then I was just unsure of how I show up, you know? Mm -hmm. I was like, can I say this? Can I do this? And then I've got to please that person and I'm doing that wrong. And then someone telling me this. And so I was just bombarded with so many things. I'm like, who the fuck am I anymore? I don't even know who I am anymore. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, like you, that awakening was just, is like coming home. was like just like, I don't know, it, was, it, it, it wasn't as maybe like your situation and what you experienced. It wasn't quite like that. But I definitely sat and listened. And there was definitely some communication happening. And it was kind of like, you know what? Just be your fucking self. Because that's yeah. all good. Like, who you are, it's okay to be that. And people yeah. aren't going to like you. It's okay. Don't worry about that. So many people on this planet, and you're worried about a few people that don't like you. And the thing is, you know, how can I help people if I can't be authentic and be true? Um, and even coming out, and everyone said, don't tell anyone you've got HIV. Don't tell anyone you've got that. God, no. But I was like, what? Of course I'm going to tell people because I'm going to fucking heal my body, you know? Yeah. And there was lots of people who said to me, you're, you're stupid. Don't tell your child. Why are you going to tell your child? Don't tell your child. There's so much stigma. But I was like, you don't understand, like, who I am in the world. I was telling people, you don't understand who I am. I cannot lie about this. I cannot hide it. And this is, I, I had a communication and it was part of my spirit was telling me, you're going to heal this and you're going to help other people heal this. And this is, this is part of your, the experience you've, you've chosen to come here in, in the world, you know, to learn and to, to move past it as well. So I couldn't not share my story. I had to. I felt like really like, I've got to share, I've got to share, you know. And I suppose I'm even the same with you. How could you not? Because, yeah, you know, that's going to help you and help people as well. Yeah, it's a great... Um, love is a sharing of your being. It's like that's one of the aspects of what love actually is. It's not just, it's a sharing of all of its being. And so my greatest responsibility on this planet is to be the fully actualized being that I am, which means the fully expressed part of my being that I am, that, that source chose to incarnate into this experience as me to fully express itself. So that's to share my story and also to own all of my story as it exists in the moment. Like that's the greatest act of love we can give ourselves is to fully allow ourselves and to give ourselves permission to be what we are in the moment.
And I think, mm -hmm. you know, you, you spoke about something um, that I've, I've noticed in my own journey is that, you know, I, I love the spiritual field and the spirituality and metaphysics. Those are my realms. But we also have wounds in those realms where we have the messages in those realms that say it only looks like this and it only yeah, exists what, like this. What does so, a spiritual teacher look like? Right. So <laughs> it's, it's, it's definitely not somebody like? who owns their sexuality and expresses that or who may curse sometimes or, you know, there's, we carry the same type of messages, you know, into our healing practices and our healing journeys in the beginning as the very messages that wounded us. And this is what I find a lot uh, in the in the spiritual field is there are some of the very same messages there that people uh, in the in the places that people are seeking for healing, uh, the same messages exist that were in the very places that wounded them in the first place. And one of the greatest aspects of love um, that I found was you have to honor your truth, not just yes. the truth of your divinity, that you're enough and that you're safe in this world and that all is well, but the truth of your being, right? Mm -hmm. So your sexuality, your personality, your, your, your weird quirks, um, how you show up in the world, you have to honor that. You have to give it mm. permission to exist mm. and inside of the light. it's messy, isn't it? It's just, yeah, I well, think yeah, it's messy. It's... I think every spiritual teacher I know is like, has gone through mess and more mess and more mess. And, that, and through that mess, we evolved through that darkness. It is that, you know, and it was a dark time. It was a dark time. And it was, you know, and I, I'm not saying it wasn't, but, you know, it's still at the same time I knew that there would be light. I knew that uh, like seeds get thrown into darkness. They don't know that they're going to grow and bloom, you know, and that was a, just a very important part of, of the transition for me to go to that higher place because that's what I was looking for anyway. I was looking to mold and expand and I really wanted to do this work in a big way and I really wanted to help people heal their bodies. And like, mm -hmm. How was I going to do that? How was I really going to do that if I had not even experienced what these people experience on a daily basis, like living with a chronic illness, living with an autoimmune disease, getting a cancer diagnosis or getting HIV, that, that you know, which is, you know, life threatening in so many ways for so, for so many people. How was I going to really help people and sit with them and hold space for them? unless I'd experienced that. So it was just kind of necessary. I looked at it like, okay, this is just necessary. I just have to go through this and I don't have to take fear with me. And it was really confronting that as well. <laughs> Feel the fear and do it anyway. You know, there's, a massive, there's, there's a massive amount of fear around it. There's huge amounts of fear around it. Um, you know, take these drugs. If you don't take these drugs, you're going to die, basically. <laughs> yeah. You know? Um, and I, I didn't want to be on the medication for the rest of my life. And I just truly believed I can heal my body. It was just, I was on the medication for a while because I was pregnant. Right. And I just started to develop some really fucking shitty side effects, things that weren't there. You know? And so when I go to the doctors, I go, well, I've got arthritis in my hand. And when I get up in the morning, my joints are stiff. It takes me ages to move. And, you know, I just don't feel great at all. Um, Oh, we've been on the drugs for a while, so it can't be the drugs. <laughs> Even though all the side effects of these drugs were muscle joint, muscle aches, um, osteoporosis, some form of osteoporosis, and so, loss of bone density and things like that. And I was just like, nah. <laughs> no, thank you. Um, I'll be seeing you never again because 
this is this is over now this uh, in, in relationship have to take the drugs because I was kind of forced to take the drugs during my pregnancy because not passing it on to my I wanted to breastfeed saying no no you can't and I was saying yes yes I can because I he had been exposed and actually she wasn't because she was tested as soon as she was born um but I knew she had a better start in life if she had you know breast milk um anyway because it's antivirus it's anti-parasite it's anti this it's anti-that it's the best thing you can have and in fact I was drinking my own breast milk <laughs> because I never got mothered so I noticed that when you don't get mothered you need to mother yourself and so my mum never breastfed me and I think it's really important for women to breastfeed their children because the immunity is just, it's the bond that you um, and so that was all part of the healing journey as well me wanting just to do that, that and connect with my daughter in that way breastfeeding I did uh, I mean stop the drugs and stop breastfeeding they, they wouldn't let me breastfeed past six months anyway um, because the risk goes up apparently I don't know and I was like okay so here we are this is it and I was so happy the day I could stop the drugs you know it was just like excitement running through my body because then at that point I'd been doing a lot of the inner work mm -hmm. um, and I'd been doing like the, the, the you know the food practices I hadn't started taking the herbs because I was like, right, once I stop the drugs, I'll start taking the antiviral herbs, I'll start taking all this as well. But like you, it wasn't about, it was, a, it was, a, you know, I followed a protocol definitely, but it was more about how I feel about myself, how I show up every day. Do I live my truth? Am I feeling good? Can I express myself? And just really tuning in and, and really listening to my body, listening to my needs um, and just being excited to be alive as well. You know, being happy to be alive, being grateful <laughs> and knowing I, my soul has a purpose, you know, and I don't have to worry or fear that actually the grace and the ease is everything. Yeah. Because that that balance, that out of balance in the solar plexus, because I actually looked into the, the solar plexus. It's a big thing with HIV is the solar plexus chakra. I think it, it shows up a lot where people feel powerless or people pushing is happening and they they're powerful gotta make it happen gotta make it happen gotta make it happen uh and that was my story obviously mm. try to career work hold it all together and not compress all that doesn't matter bury that because that's how i'd always cope through life i mm. i'd had to do um, and so actually being vulnerable and opening up and it's really like you know telling people what I'd experienced and what was going on and what my truth was was very hard for me but then I started to day by day complete fucking strangers you know <laughs> it was so funny it was just like I can tell this stranger exactly how I'm feeling and I might never see them again so this is great I mean this is like free therapy I'm not paying for this you know <laughs> So that's what I started to do. I just started to be really honest about a lot of things and just started to do the release work every single day, every single day. And it's just a journey, right? So I continue to do that because I know how it's helping me that when I go to bed at night, I can sleep well. So if I've got a problem, for too long, you know, I don't carry that. And, you know, I'll go off and I'll ring up that person hey this happened 
and that, so all these things like the emotions are so important and the one thing about the sacral chakra is where a lot of these things are happening and guilt and healing is also how we have the empathy and compassion but how we you know we expect we respect each other's truths and understand that we're all creative beings out here and you know how we have that compassion for each other so but i didn't even have that compassion for myself you know mm-hmm. I, uh, maybe maybe i was having compassion for people i don't even know uh maybe i wasn't you know maybe i was pretending to have compassion <laughs> maybe i was just cut off there completely maybe i was just emotionally dead from everything that had happened like, maybe it was just too much for me to to process it i was overly over functioning on, on different things and under functioning here you know it was just all all over all over all over the place and so yeah i mean i totally everything you say is just, it's just like you know you, it's like your life and my life so similar you know, so it's kind of very perfect that you're here and we're having this discussion. But also just to show people and one of the reasons why, you know, I set up this and I'm having these conversations and I'm having people on the show. It's just to show people that there's this possibility that we're not taught about, that this you're not going to find this um, in a textbook at school. Understanding energy, understanding the metaphysics, understanding the laws of the universe, you know. It's a bit woo for a lot of people, right? And so I'm still a bit crazy to a lot of folks and that's fine (laughs) because I sleep at night and I know my truth, you know, and I'm healed and I'm whole. And that's what matters to me now. It doesn't matter what other people think and think I'm a bit la la and I've lost the plot or, you know, I'm talking shit and, you know, it never really happened or, you know, whatever. I feel like a lot of people always trying to prove, I've got to prove, I don't have to prove myself to anyone. A lot of people come to me and go, well, we want proof, we want proof. And I was like, that's fine, but I don't feel like I want to go down that road with a lot of people because then I feel like I'm always having to show up for other people and prove myself in the world. And I think that's what got me in this mess in the beginning. So no thank you, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I I know my truth and I'll just leave it, I'll just leave it there. But then I, I am actually writing a book. So, you know, it, it will be out there in the world for people who need it because I do feel that, you know, I do think this story needs to be out in the world and needs more stories to be out in the world. And just so people understand that the body just knows how to heal, like end of. Like that's the bottom. Um, but we do need to have the right environment. And it's this whole concept with the biology of belief. I don't know if you've heard of Dr. Bruce Lipton, mm-hmm. um, but he understood, he, he was a stem biologist. And so he studied the cells and how the cells would react in different environments. He took them out and cultured them and put them in different things, exposed them to toxins and they would, you know, they weren't having it and then put them in a thriving environment. So actually your environment is not just like, you know, it's a mixture of everything, like we spoke about, right? The food you eat, the people you hang around with, the conversations you have, your relationships, your spirituality, your sexuality, your career. You know, all these equate to wholeness. And as part of my nutrition course that I'm doing at the moment, it's they, they've got this thing, it's called primary food, which actually isn't food at all. It's, it's everything that's not food. So, like I just said, the career, the relationships, your social life, your sexuality, all these things. Um, that's why I'm taught in nutrition school, by the way. So it's a very different nutrition school. Obviously, it's very more integrative. It's a very integrative. They look at integrative health. 
and they look at the whole being and not just you know this diet's going to work and fix you if you've got a, an illness or a problem you know because that's it doesn't and there's obviously not one size doesn't fit all um and they talk about bio individuality and so understanding that every single body needs something you know so yesterday you know i fancy like you said i found i over the weekend i've been having like i don't have no guilt about the donut yes i know there's things that are more healthier for me but you know it's not going to kill me but also i know when i need to stop and not have six donuts you know it's kind of like having that listening understanding okay i've gone a bit far okay i'm gonna retreat gonna do you know but um i kind of neglected myself in terms of treats and sweets like because i just like oh gonna completely i was vegan before i got diagnosed with hiv by the way and so you know it just goes to show, like, you know, if I was like, eat vegan, you're going to be the healthiest. No, I got healthy by eating ghee, whole milk. My, my healing protocol for the HIV was ghee <laughs> and fat and coconut oil and whole milk and some yogurts and really high quality meat, you know, really good organic, but high quality, but lots, but just, you know, you know every now and then and, and good fish and just, just getting it all back into my body because I was actually nutrient dense, um, nutrient mm. deficiency from having being vegan where I didn't get the B vitamins, which control our cells and our blood and energy and our heart and all these things. So just a little warning out there for you vegans, okay? I mean, I think vegans are passionate about the planet and so passionate about welfare for the animals. But, you know, our body needs certain nutrients. So I think it's important to supplement if you're not going to be getting those vitamins really really important and actually my good friend she does b vitamin the the b12 shot which get the get it straight into you where you need it the most and, and so um you know it, it's just it's just not one thing or another like you know it's just not it's not i couldn't i couldn't say to someone hiv you like follow my, my process and you'll be healthy because they are not me you know and so it it really is about listening is it, and, and to our bodies. And so tell me a little bit more about what happened then afterwards in your journeys, because obviously you help a lot of people now um, with, through your work. What sort of work do you do? Um, and, and what's what's where does what's the world? What what have your gifts have you got for the world now since coming all through? <laughs> what do you yeah. offer? Yeah. So I um, I'm an intuitive guide. And what I really do is help people come back home to themselves, come back to the meaning, to the embodiment yeah. of their worthiness and the vibration or frequency of love. And from that place of being at home themselves, um, they begin to create and live a deeper and more delicious experience of well-being, meaning their that not just that they feel good about themselves and that they're healthy in their bodies, but that they really live a life that tastes delicious to them and feels nourishing to their entire being. Yeah. That's really my work. I am most interested in well-being and mm. the experience of it. And my work is really teaching people how to get theirs, not just wellness, which is the condition of the body, but well-being, yeah. which is the condition of the whole life. That's it, yeah. And so totally. I work with people, you know, one-on-one. -on -one. I also teach online classes and um, do live workshops and things like that all around um, helping us, one, come back to the truth and the frequency of our being 
and then also create and live uh, lives that are experiences of well-being. Yeah, yeah, and that's it. It's just it's just a beautiful thing that that there's there's this now in the world. I feel um, cool. I feel like um, there's massive rise in consciousness. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it's now is the time. <laughs> and so I think, you know, people listening to this, they need to know that, you know, it's never been a better time to be alive, really and truly. Abundance has never been greater. The planet's mm. never been, at a be- I know there's a lot of fear out there, you know, and there's still like people watching the news and da, 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 da. But actually we're just, the, it, it can only get better from here. And I think, you know, w- what we're doing in the world um, for our work, sharing our story, sharing our stories being really brave and really bold and sharing our stories it's going to help so many people so thank you mm. um for for showing up for, for for being committed because i know it's not easy um to put yourself out there in the world and just become a little bit vulnerable you know so much power in that so thank you um i know you have to go so i just i really just really grateful for this conversation today Mm. thank you for being here thank you for being on the show it's just been a pleasure talking to you (laughs) it's been lovely and uh we'll 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 stay connected i'd love us to do something definitely and i think it'll be great um we can collaborate on something i just feel like beautiful magic is to be made magic is to be made somehow you know through this because you know i've not really had that connection with someone like has experienced what i've experienced and actually really connected that way I've, I've I've heard of people who've already done it I knew it was possible so that's kind of like always gives you hope right mm-hmm. um but I've never actually connected with someone so it's just really nice so thank you and we'll, we'll speak soon <laughs> absolutely thank you so much for having me on no problem you take care Jerome thank have a you. great day much love much love, love to you bye